0: Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Swapcast, where we make an effort to say words that are worth hearing. Uh, Phoenix Collider and uh, Alexandria took a look at this uh, Nancy Grace special about what's um, being found out over there at uh, Gilgo Beach out there in New York. Um, it's obviously going to be on your radar if you're paying attention to such things as a uh, full service workers rights saying full service workers because the language we typically use uh, is not favored and um, it will help uh, push this sort of information uh, discourse uh, analysis into the uh, into the algorithm and uh, get more eyes and ears on this uh, on this sort of material and uh phoenix kalita and alexandria will be back to record again on a uh, monday night uh, 9 p.m for an update from uh they are going to view a uh another documentary piece that was produced uh in the mid to late 90s uh, for now, let's go ahead and get into this one, and uh, Alexandria Finscalita will return to you next week with an update.
1: Welcome to the Swapcast. We are here with my brave co-director, Alexandria. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since I think that we've done a podcast episode together, right?
0: I really miss my hmm n-
2: mm-hmm. It's been a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, but we're here because we both watched something horrible. We both watched Nancy Grace. Yes.
2: On purpose. <laughs> On
1: purpose. Nancy Grace is fucking awful. Um, but we did want to talk about it. So, Nancy Grace did, uh, it was almost an hour long episode. I think maybe it was like 45, 50 minutes uh, mm-hmm. episode about the Long Island serial killer, the Gilgo Beat. Is it Gilgo? Is that how He'll you say go. it? Yeah, okay. Beach Murders. And um, I have a lot of thoughts. I know you have a lot of thoughts. Let's talk about those thoughts because that was an incredibly irresponsible and wildly oh. annoying um, segment that was done today. And of course, it got dropped. Well, I saw it today because tomorrow I do believe that um, he is back in court. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has another court date. So. It will be trending again tomorrow, and I'm sure Nancy Grace's coverage is going to do numbers and do well. So um, for folks who maybe saw it and don't understand what the problem is or don't really understand the problem with how um, certain sex worker issues are covered in media or how violence against sex workers is, how problematically violence against sex workers is covered in media, we're going to talk about this and break some things down and hopefully uh, you'll walk away thinking about some things that you hadn't really considered before just in terms of responsible reporting um, and what it looks like when you have irresponsible reporting and what some of the consequences of that could be. So, Alexandria, what were your initial thoughts about
2: her episode? So, when I first saw it come up, I saw that it was new. And my first thought was, has anybody else done one yet? It's still so early. And when I looked at it, because it's on Max, on HBO Max, that it's part of their ID channel, which I know usually does pretty, like, superficial, fast, lots of sizzler, real investigation Mm -hmm. and they're calling it a special report and so i guess they spent money for nancy grace but my first thought was oh holy shit this is way too fast how did they put this out so fast Mm -hmm. and the rest of it reads so sloppy that you can tell exactly it was rushed Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think that was, like, one of the biggest things was the people that they chose to talk to. They barely spent any time talking with, um, the families of the victims, or I don't think they even brought in any friends of the victims. It was, like, his neighbors and stuff, Mm -hmm. and then, um, the people on Nancy's panel, and it was just kind of a mess. Um, I just have, like, this random, (laughs) like, bullet point list of notes, because I was just, like, writing wildly while this was playing. Um... I just like a weird thing that uh, I guess not weird, but something that bothers me about the way Nancy Grace in particular does her stuff is that everything is intended to be so um, sensationalized. Right. Mm -hmm. And like very clickbaity. It's not like a serious coverage the way you would expect a serious reporter to talk about this. And it's really evident in some of the language choices. And I was I shit you not annoyed 30 seconds into it. Because she kept talking about how the bodies were placed like trophies, because that's just like one of those lines oh. that you get in these, um, you know, like true crime shows. Mm-hmm. But then like her follow up sentence was that the bodies were hidden. Well, if they're trophies, mm. why are they hidden? So why did you go with the word trophies other than like clickbait type reasons to start oh. with? And that was the first
2: 60 seconds of it. I was done. Yeah. I was over. <laughs> oh, I was I was already done. When she she tried to sneak in this line so damn fast, she tried to sneak it in so fast. She's like, how did how did her his wife and his daughter not know that he was out there killing hookers? And I was like, oh my god, that, oh my god, that was and, and then it cut it jump cut uh-huh. to a commercial break <laughs> to a commercial break. <laughs>
1: That was one of the wildest things to me was um, the way that the language choices were all over. It went from, like, sex workers to escorts to prostitutes to hookers. And I was like, I, I mean, I'm glad that I like I'm glad they're starting to use sex workers more often. But it sort of um, loses that, like, positive <laughs> feeling behind it. When, like, the next sentence, you're like, hookers and prostitutes. Like, yeah. thanks, I guess. Yes
2: it seemed all of her experts were using the correct language and Mm -hmm. she was the only one not using the correct language because I watched, I was like, when is she actually going to use the word sex worker? And then when she did use it, she used it as a way to say, she's like sex worker, hooker, as if people don't know and her panel doesn't know because they're all using the correct nomenclature. She's the one using uh, derogatory terms Mm -hmm. as if it's proper to use. And I would, like I would maybe give her a little bit of space on it, but I can't do that because she's a big age and she's been doing this a long time. She yeah, she
1: should yeah, she should definitely know better. And that was an interesting sentence because she did use hooker and sex worker in the same sentence. And I was like, What the fuck is that? What is wrong with you? What's <laughs> <laughs> weird? And my other like I have a lot of issues, but I think my biggest um, second issue with it, because they did it so many times, was playing on this trope that like this is only a tragedy because these sex workers were something to someone else,
0: right? Oh, God. Like how many yeah. times did they say,
1: like they were mothers, they were daughters, sisters. they were sisters, <laughs> and it's like, or they were just people who didn't deserve to be murdered. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? You know? Because they
2: talk about like their adjacency to men, basically. Yes, and it's like this is somebody's mother to. To, mm-hmm. that they have to be a mother. This is their job. You're taking them away from their job as a mother. They're a sister. Obviously, their role as a sister is so impactful <laughs> to the community. That we need to mention that it's like does somebody have to be a part of somebody else's family for them to be important? Like, do I need to have a baby and a husband and mm-hmm. be a sibling of someone so I can be justifiably uh, mourned? Yeah, <laughs> and that was
1: I'm actually um, they did it throughout the whole episode. The whole um, episode, but I think the absolute worst one was the last one. It was one of um, Nancy's guests, and I it was like the last, like s- literally the last like sixty seconds of the show. Um, And this woman was saying that, you know, something that we all know, that um, this happened for so long. No one cared about these sex workers being murdered because nobody cares about sex workers. But then her last sentence was, but they were mothers. And I was like, that's not the point, really? Like, there is a level of added tragedy um, because, you know, they do have families. And now these children have to grow up without their moms. But what if... Hear me out now. What if maybe it's just a bad idea to kill sex workers and sex workers don't deserve to be murdered whether or not they have family, whether or not they have husbands, whether or not they have partners, whether or not they have children, whether or not their parents are still alive, you know? And like I think people don't really think about um like the like the overall impact of what how it hits when someone says something like that because Uh there are people and not just sex workers but people across all types of (laughs) demographic demographics who don't have those things and it's like so is someone worth less like is someone who came up in the foster care system worth less because they don't Uh know their parents is someone who, Mm -hmm. you know, had an abortion because they didn't feel like they were ready to have a child worth less because they're not a mother. Like, I I really wish people would think about the implication of what they're saying when they throw out lines like this. It's so disgusting to me. I hate it so much.
2: There's a victim, there's a male victim, and he's an Asian man and she spent a second on him. Mm -hmm. She made sure to let people know that in his search history that they it's not difficult to go find somebody's search history or get it and they said that he searched for asian twinks and she's like well there's an asian victim but then she spent no time talking about the asian victim they spent no time talking about him or where his story was or how he was found Mm -hmm. or the fact that his race likely played into why and that one is likely a hate crime because of it yeah none of that none of that i felt like that there were 50 more interesting things to say about that about that poor person that passed away but she had very little to say to him about humanity and focused so much on women and their mothers yes. and it's like and it's with
1: hysterical. that particular with that particular victim is his name known I don't even think they said his name. I don't, they didn't no. Like they didn't say his name or if he was only like a John Doe. Like I really mm-hmm. don't know from watching it. And there's something sort of embarrassing about that type of coverage. They are talking about somebody who was brutally murdered and you can't even tell us their name or if they're still unidentified. Really? Mm-hmm. That was awful. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like I, the fact that all of this, yeah, cause he's a John Doe. The fact that all of this is coming out, and they're saying that his gender, the gender is unknown, but it's likely male, but also that he's a child. Mm. Because the sketch that we see looks like an adult man that looks like he's in his 40s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was identified as 12 years old. Oh,
1: shit. That might have been a helpful... Because, de- see, the again, with the sensationalism, yeah. because she spent so much time talking about um, the killer's, uh, like, uh, internet history, talking about he was searching up, like, you know, like these really graphic um, child sex- sexual exploitation titles about, like, nine-year-old girl and, you know, Asian twink and things like that. That might have been helpful to add into that little part of the segment, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, that
2: one of the victims is a child, an identified minor because the body so mutilated they believe that th- that it's a man based on the chemical like the like from the forensics that they believe that it's a man, but they also know that he's been identified as 12.
1: Yeah, that's wild.
2: Yeah, she spent no time talking about that. But she did like whoever's producing this show The panel that she has up there, the journalist, the documentarian, and the former police officer slash investigator. Mm -hmm. And the former police officer slash investigator seemed the most predatory of all three of them. Yes. He seemed like he wanted to get his camera time in and it seemed like they were using him in a big way because you could see his he was they weren't even hiding it I don't know who's producing the show but they weren't even hiding his headset yeah. at all he's he- wearing it like he was fucking guarding Obama and it's like <laughs> <laughs> dude what are you doing and when he asked that question he's like oh are his phone calls recorded you're a former officer you want me to believe that you don't know that the only privileged phone calls he gets are from his spouse and his lawyer you're telling me that right If you're trying to inform the audience, you can do that in a different way besides having someone who should be an expert on that ask that question. It would have better came from the documentarian or the journalist, Mm -hmm. but they also should know better. So the question, is almost like they wanted to fill time. Yeah. Because it's only 41 minutes. It's not even a full hour. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: No, it definitely seemed like that, and um, I was not a fan of him either. Like, there was something very creepy about that particular person on the panel. And yes, I did notice the earpiece, which I think was only so blatant because you couldn't see anyone else's. And Mm-mm. I was like, why? What is he doing with this earpiece like that? Because it wasn't even just the earpiece; it was like the cord that goes like behind yep. the ear. And I was like, it really was looking like some secret service stuff. That was. <laughs> it
2: was I do not understand. Going on there. I was it was like, was weird, so extra like incredibly extra it didn't it, need, like it did not need to be all that i was like what are you like who are you first of all i've never seen your face before it seemed like there was one professional person mm-hmm. it was honestly it was fucked up that the police commissioner used the word sex worker before nancy grace did
1: right uh b- two cops did i believe a police commissioner yeah. and like one the of the sheriff. investigators currently working the case Yeah. Um, But I think that really does speak to, like, where we are with, like, the the true crime era that we currently live in. Because that was something else I noticed, like, outside of the commentary. Because the commentary was, like, so horrible to me. Like, so frustrating. But also, like, the way it was produced, right? The way they put in the camera Mm -hmm. angles and the music underneath it. And it was like, you're putting on a show. And I understand you're putting on a show to a certain level because it is, like, a TV show. But at this point, it's more... um, like, gossipy entertainment than serious reporting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is just TMZ if TMZ yes! talks about serial killers. Like, yes, this isn't I was about really... to say that. Yeah, like, this isn't, like, a serious, um, you know, this was a tragedy. This is what happened. How can we prevent this from happening again? Um, <laughs> you know, how can we keep sex workers safer? How can we, you know, uh, what can police do better to, you know, try to track down serial killers. Um, you know, how can we keep community safer? It wasn't any of those. It was like, and this, Justin, breaking news. <laughs> dun, like dun, the dun. people,
2: like they had on the person that said that they had him as a client. Mm-hmm. And they brought her on.
1: Yes. And I was
2: like, I don't under, like... It's not that I don't believe that she had him as a client, but I'm trying to understand why her presence there was needed and what the purpose was.
1: And I think, well, I think that's actually, like, I'm glad you mentioned that because I made a note about that and I also made a note um, later on when they talked about um, who was, what was her name, Mary Shell, who used to work for Mm him. Um, It seemed like they were really trying to, like, vilify him in a way that, Mm-hmm. was weird and irresponsible because like the yeah. fact that you're accused of murdering people should be enough you know what I mean but now mm-hmm. they're trying to like I don't know almost like a I don't know um, almost like a Hannibal Lecter type aspect where it's like yeah. you know anytime Hannibal Lecter talks about food it's like nudge nudge wink wink he's talking about eating people And that's kind of like what they did with this guy where they're pretending now everything he said was like that. He said that because he's a serial killer. But if you look at the stuff that they're saying, that's just stuff that white men say. And maybe like mm -hmm. we should talk about it from that angle. Um, Yes. Very much so. Like when's
2: the last time there was a serial killer in the news like this? They are all salivating. They are chomping at the bit because they want to be the first one to have the hot take Mm -hmm. about what's happening but there are 17 million other things they could be talking about or using their weight to go find out about. But instead, they're di- like, this is so rushed. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking rushed. Yeah. And you could tell by the way it looks. Nancy Grace's hair doesn't even look good in the back. Like, it's like <laughs> there was nobody there from wardrobe. I swear to God. I'm not, like, no cap. Like, her hair in the back means, like, a little bit of, like, um serum. Mm-hmm. Need needs some serum or she needs to switch conditioners. And that shouldn't be right. How much money did y'all pay for this? And y'all couldn't even make her extensions match her hair. Damn. Because she does have extensions in and they are very blonde and they do not match her hair.
1: Damn.
2: That's- I ca- I have an HD television. That's not my fault. Blame <laughs> Vizio. Okay.
1: No, but yeah, I, I, it really does seem like it was rushed just to, again, like get like the TMZ sort of thing. But, you know, mm-hmm. speaking of like the way that they were talking about him, like, so they had the sex worker on who said he was a client and- like, Nancy Grace just kept asking, like, so he asked you if you knew about the murders? So he asked you if you had heard about them? And it's like, that's not necessarily um, the productive part of the conversation. You know, the productive part of the conversation is what made you feel unsafe and choose to leave? And what could have kept you, you know, what could keep people yes. safer in the future may have been a better line of questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And then with that, anything, um,
2: like, yeah, you have, a fo- you have a former, quote unquote, former escort. They made sure to say that. They
1: did. She, it's, she's <laughs> a makeup artist now. It's okay.
2: Yeah, former escort. I'm like, you have somebody here who understands the business, and you could ask them a myriad of questions. Yep. Like, how does this affect people who aren't escorts? Because that's the, the thing that they could be talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't matter. Escorts look like everybody. Look at these these women. The victims look like your neighbors. They look like your friends. They look like anybody who walks down the street. They don't look any different. They're not dressed any different. They're not doing anything any differently. Mm -hmm. it like shines a spotlight on this business because there's so many people who entered into it during the pandemic and kind of did it with a blind recklessness yeah uh, because they either didn't want to learn or they weren't able to uh, but started getting into seeing clients or doing sex work or anything like that but the implications about danger or anything like that haven't really been talked about or discussed. They're not in those circles where they have the community and then we're not talking or having these conversations about safety to even talk about like what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And they could benefit people who aren't sex workers from listening to us about this yeah, because we are already in it. We don't have to do a special fucking news report. Exactly, We're already in it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and, um, you know, like, on that note, just sorry about the way that, I want to go back to the way that they were talking about, um, how he behaved and how he talked, right? Of course, they were talking to the sex worker, trying to make, like, everything he did seem like some weirdo, creepy, like, horror movie uh, type Mm -hmm. villain level thing, which is weird and not helpful to me. But also, they were talking about, um... Uh, This person, Mary Shell, I guess she wrote an article about when she used to work for him years ago. And she kept saying just stuff like, he was obsessed with young women. He liked blondes. He liked petite women. All the women he hired were young and pretty and petite. And they're trying to really play that up like that means something because a lot of the victims were also young Mm -hmm. and petite. But also like, is that not just him acting like a typical man in a lot of ways? And we should probably address it from that level or if you know if you really do think that only being attracted to young petite women is a red flag then maybe we should start looking at more of these men as walking red flags how about that you know and uh she was also like he was obsessed with guns and talked about hunting like and i I don't know like have y'all never been around like weirdo conservative white men before because they're always talking about petite women and guns like you know
2: yeah they love it it's like literally their favorite thing
1: And so, like, it's very frustrating that they're, in this case, because he's accused of what he's accused of, they're making it seem like he's some sort of, um, like, supernatural level, like, you know, like, demonic evil person when in fact a lot of his behavior went under the radar on the first place because he's just doing stuff that other men do especially other white men with means um you know living that white collar lifestyle and like I don't know how to shift that conversation to make it a larger conversation about maybe some of these things should be red flags um before mm-hmm. we find a stack of bodies not after maybe yeah you know because like-
2: there's certain behaviors in your life like especially somebody who is like he's in charge of something He's also statuously large, mm-hmm. he. But he knows that and uses it to his advantage. Somebody like that needs to be fucking watched because that's too much damn power. Yes, it's too much damn power. And what they're wanting to do, which is, it's ironic in so many ways, is they're trying to make him out to be. They're like, look, he had all these petite women, as if he's loading his office filled with. Uh, Like, trying to make him into this giant serial killer in a cinematic way.
1: Yes, exactly. A
2: cinematic serial killer. Yeah. And having this whole path of things like he's fucking michael myers right mm-hmm. um when in fact he's ted bundy in the other sense where he's just a regular motherfucker y'all saw walking around it was out you're doing the most heinous shit exactly you've ever heard of
1: exactly and like what and i also like so what was going on with you though that you knew he was doing all this stuff but it didn't click until after you found out he was a serial killer uh-huh. because you thought it was normal too you thought all he was ge- just a regular guy until they found all the bodies. And mm-hmm. now you're like, oh, he was obsessed with that. Oh, he did do that thing. But it's like, are you now um, extrapolating that to other people that you know? And maybe looking at them a little bit closer? I would mm-hmm. hope. I don't think anyone is. But, you know, let me hope. And I, think I that, would think. <laughs> and I think that goes, like, with his neighbors, too. Because, <laughs> the- <laughs> I'm so sorry to laugh because this is serious, but also like his neighbor is so ridiculous to me. Um,
2: the two they... doors down neighbor or the neighbor they interviewed at his house?
1: Well, honestly, they had
2: the two neighbors, both or of both them. of them, both of them. Oh my so god! They inter-
1: yeah, So they interviewed a neighbor like at the scene on the, you know, at, um, on at, in his neighborhood, and that neighbor said like he was weird and creepy, and he would just like sit on his porch and watch TV and it was like he was keeping a lookout and spying on people. And it's like, if you thought he was that weird, why did you let yeah. that shit go for so long? If you genuinely thought it was that weird. You know? Or and then the he- <laughs> and then the other one was a neighbor that they brought onto the panel. So actually on the Ugh. show and he goes he goes that this man was out here burning trash at two o'clock in the morning and was surprised that nobody called the cops because that was weird. But I'm like, my guy, why didn't you, you call you? the cops then? You <laughs> saw it too and thought it was weird. What the fuck is <laughs> going on fuck? here? Like, how <laughs> do you see some, someone doing some weird ass shit and be like, how come no one else called the cops? Does There's your cell phone ass, not work?
2: <laughs> like, the killing season exists on Netflix. It's well produced. It's well made. You know, prior to them finding out who he was, six miles away from his house. Mm-hmm. Six miles. He's been watching this shit, making sure, like, oh, how close are they? Oh, wow, really close. He's probably watching these documentarians drive back and forth down his fucking street.
1: Fucking probably.
2: Yeah, because it's like the place ain't that big.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The place is not that big. Yeah, that's but- that's the other part. It's like. Uh, uh, Y'all saw something, but you didn't say something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm not saying, like, you need to go trust a cop in your life. But if you think someone's out here being harmed, because there is no way you're telling me that they have seen interactions with him and his wife and the stepdaughter. And they've all been hunky-dory, peachy-peachy, and they've never seen anything weird. Because Mm -hmm. I would have a hard time fucking believing that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they're right now saying that their own interactions with him are that bizarre. And it's like, but you didn't do anything. So what, what was why the, wh- why I, I don't understand yeah because I, I don't know there's just something weird to me but again like you said it does seem rushed and it does seem like everyone's in it to get the first hot taker to get their 15 minutes of fame because personally for me i would be ashamed if i saw someone engaging in a behavior that struck me as really weird and something that i maybe should call the cops about or report it to some type of you know, authority or some type of law enforcement because someone's being so weird. But then to pop up on an interview after it turns out that person was actually doing something horrible, be like, yeah, he was so weird. I don't know why I never did anything about it. I would be mortified with myself, like as a person. I'd be
2: embarrassed. That's an L. You're going on live TV to say that you've known for years that this man has been weird in ways that made you uncomfortable and he was your neighbor. Like you knew he was up to some shit, but you didn't know what shit he was up to. In a way that made you, like, scared. hmm But y'all didn't say nothing.
1: That's very bizarre to me.
2: It is, but it's so fucking typical because it's like those things, like, when you in those thin-walled apartments. And you can hear somebody getting their ass beat by their spouse fucking two apartments over. And nobody's going to the door. hmm Shit, I'm leaving my apartment. I go be- I will go bang on a door And have. And yeah. have. Yeah, it's, especially if I know there's kids in there mm-hmm. and fucking have. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's I don't know. I It's very That's bizarre, bizarre. that sort of behavior. But I guess they all got their spotlight check. time. So I guess they're happy. I don't know. Because you get
2: paid for an appearance. So they got some kind of appearance fee. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to get paid. like it's it's part of the law. So if you're on television, you're going to get cut a check. Mm hmm. You're gonna get a W uh, 2 You're gonna get cut a check. So the lowest they can give you is two fifty for the day. Oh wow! And that's a non yeah, and that's a non union price. Uh, But if you're part of SAG or anything like that, then so technically, I mean, I mean, news people are technically breaking the strike because they they're news people, but not all of them are part of SAG. Um, but some of them are so. Even these people who are coming in to interview the neighbors and all of that—it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Other than they probably offered them more than the regular day rate because everybody's in there. They look like they—they they did their own makeup and hair, but mm-hmm. everyone looks really well put together, like they were coached and told what to wear. Yeah.
1: Oh, can you uh, specify what SAG is?
2: Oh, SAG is the Stage Actors Guild. Or the Screen Actors Guild. It's the union that people who are on stage use to be able to control their pay, breaks, uh, ethical practices on the job. And right now they are currently on strike because their pay is not being correct right now. The production companies do not want to pay them out for the change of syndication to streaming. Because that money, that revenue, those checks are very, very different. They used to be able to survive on them and now they cannot... So they are definitely on strike. And um, Fran Dresser is their president, and she's holding things down.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, So, and then also, like, so did it seem weird to you that the way they were trying to make him seem like some sort of cinematic serial killer with some of his behaviors, but then Uh also humanize him now that he's locked up?
2: Yeah. I really feel like they're going to try to make him out to be this Ted Bundy hh holmes because of the dismemberments because Mm -hmm. of the fact that i mean you don't know what's going on the pathology somebody's mind why they do something and a lot of them want to know the why but Mm -hmm. for me i don't give a fuck about the why right like it's not like something we could prevent like oh if i turn this burner off i know i won't burn my hand no it's not that simple so it's not like we're gonna find out anything that's going to help like the studying him Mm-hmm. Is not going to help us, but I know that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to dissect him till the very last minute. Instead of trying to dissect how they can keep people safer and yep. how to watch out for these behaviors, they're going to try to dissect him into something else. There's going to be so many hot takes about what is a sociopath, what's a psychopath.
0: Well, I'm, I'm not predictable. <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> I wonder if it's the profit motive. And if the Mm -hmm. profit seekers, if they actually do understand short-term gains, long-term gains, Mm -hmm. short-term losses, Mm -hmm. and if, oh, a couple of little podcasters talk about us bad, that's a short-term loss, but a long-term gain is movies, Mm -hmm. additional documentaries, Mm -hmm. interviews, from behind the prison wall yeah it's like Uh yeah it's like we've got one that's still alive Mm -hmm. fresh one yeah like Uh here we go this is about five decades of money
2: yeah
0: oh yeah at least
1: i think one of the wildest yeah i think one of the wildest parts about that too is like The way that they're contrasting his, like, creepy behavior. Like, he only likes petite girls. He likes hunting. He likes burning garbage at 2 a.m. With (laughs) how he's acting now that he's incarcerated. They're like, he's off suicide watch and attending religious services and getting phone calls and reading books. Like, you just, like, you did all this setup to make him sound like some weirdo anyone could see his serial killer ass coming. To now, like, he's just doing normal stuff. He's reading books and talking to his wife and going to church. Like, what the fuck kind of flip (laughs) and then also like i gotta wonder i mean i guess technically religion is for everyone jesus loves everybody or whatever but i kind of wonder about whoever is holding the religious services that he is attending
2: honestly he's pre-trial detention so (laughs) he's gonna attend to every religious thing that they ever have anything that they hold he's gonna be there because he wants to look good to the judge for sentencing
1: exactly he's like
2: i want to look so good for sentencing i want to look so good for sentencing it's like motherfucker what's gonna end up happening is because they're likely right that there are more bodies he has a timeshare across the fucking united states and Mm. in fucking california in las vegas so mm, there are probably more bodies yeah. that they're going to have to make a deal because they're going to say, oh, we want to give this motherfucker the needle. Mm-hmm. And the DA will say, well, if you give us every single body and you don't leave one out, yep. we'll let you have life. But if we find another one, that's the needle, friend.
1: Yeah. And I think like the frustrating thing about the religious services to me is like I want to talk to that preacher and be like, does this person actually seem like they've repented? They haven't even pled guilty yet. Why are you letting them in your church service?
2: Yeah, like, why do you need to go to church if, like, why?
0: Well, not to be predictable. (laughs) But what if they're like, no matter what answer they give you, they know that they can do paid interviews afterward. Mm -hmm. They do. Right? Who doesn't want to talk to the preacher that saved him?
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. or the preacher that he confessed to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's an, mm-hmm. like literally a million dollar confession
0: right Stephen yeah. Crowder's doing the birdman rubbing hands thing
2: <laughs> literally standing at the window like just rubbing your hands looking at your future money just flying towards you mm-hmm
1: which I also found funny, though, as much as they're humanizing him um, in jail, one of the funny lines, just like a throwaway funny line, I don't even think Nancy Grace knows she did it, was when she referred to him um being locked up. She goes, well, he's in jail now getting his three hots in a cot, I guess. But like, so oh my God, I, I was like, I so fell. due process. We're doing due process. <laughs> we didn't like lynch mm-hmm. him before we did the investigation. <laughs> I, okay. I
2: script, I scrimped, I scrimped. <laughs> When she's like, he's getting three hots in a cot, and I was like, "Woman,
1: <laughs> that was that was just a weird ass comment to me." But yeah, you know, due process, whatever.
2: She's so aggressively country.
1: <laughs> she is. She really like, is. and I'm
2: a country person. Like, I literally have chicken and r- smothered rice and chicken on the stove. Like, I am so country. Like, <laughs> but good night, this woman. She she just ploughs through. She's stereotypical white country woman mm-hmm. where she'll just plough through the conversation and she doesn't give a fuck what you're trying to do. Seriously. It, it's uh, it's wild to think about Nancy Grace's start and what happened to her and that tragedy and then look at who this person is sitting in front of us right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, I think the steamrolling thing is like so important to mention with her though cuz even the way she was like asking people questions like so aggressively but asking people questions that they didn't have answers to and then Mm -hmm. sort of being like annoyed that they weren't saying what she wanted them to say like when she was talking to i think it was um the commissioner maybe one of the Mm -hmm. one of the investigators when they were like was there a torture family in the uh, torture chamber in the family (laughs) home and they're like we're still investigating she's like so that could have been a torture chamber in the family home (laughs) we're investigating we don't know yet (laughs) But, like, she was not pleased with that answer Like, no, give me hot click uh, Give me clickbait shit Like, don't just give me the truth Don't say you don't know Don't say you're doing your due diligence Don't say you're doing a real investigation Give me something salacious This is, you know, uh, TMZ But the crime edition Like, it's very frustrating um, to For her to do that Because it's like, are you here to find facts Or are you here to do clickbait Because this is not a situation that requires clickbait At all At mm-hmm. all
2: Not at all. Yeah. Like, ugh. ugh.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. What else did she say? I'm looking at my notes now. Like, what else did she say that pissed me off? She said a lot of things that pissed me off. She said
2: a lot of things that just straight up just, like, made me mad. She's so out of touch with humanity and how other people actually feel. Or Mm -hmm. I would just say, more quickly, empathy. Mm Mm-hmm that switch is like it's turned off and i feel like you can turn that on and investigate something at the same time yes i feel like it's possible she just is so her sensationalization of everything but especially this is just the way that her focus was on all these exterior things but not the interiors his neighbors what he's doing in prison right now what he's doing in jail right now you know what his work was like all, talking to these people that are not going to be witnesses because you can't talk to anybody who's a part of the fucking investigation mm-hmm. because it's in the middle of an investigation so you have to find people who are outside the investigation but also insiders right and it's like how are you gonna it looks like it looks for a reason mm-hmm
1: yeah, and that was the same thing too. That was one of the things she kept trying to press one of the investigators to say whether or not they think there's two killers. He's like, I don't know. We're still investigating. So it could be two killers. It might be two killers. Are you sure it's not two killers? It's like, can you let them finish the investigation before like adding to the fucking conspiracy theories, please? Like there's already so much misinformation around this entire situation and you're just amplifying it because it brings in ratings. Like there's something like really gross about that. I really do hate it. Yeah.
2: Especially that like none of the investigators are saying that there are two killers. It's just that it's just people in journalism that suspect that there might be two. Yeah. And it's like there, he has motive. He has opportunity. He has the stature and the strength to, take care of all of it himself Mm -hmm. there is no reason to to even suspect that there's a second person involved and if there was a second person he's not going to give that up
1: Mm -hmm. and i think like um the way she was talking about um his um browser history was like part of that too because like to me it would have been sufficient to say that he was watching child sexual abuse materials yes like that would have been sufficient He he was looking at um sexual content that involved minors um he Uh was looking up sexually explicit titles about minors like but she was like this is disgusting but i'm gonna read it Ugh, this is so nauseating let me read another one and like reading off these like graphic ass titles about like nine-year-old and you know like things that had like straight up had like rape in the title had nine-year-old in the title had ten-year-old in the title and it's like You don't, like, you're just doing that to be salacious. You don't have to read the entire title. You can tell us that he was looking up um, child sexual materials, like, specifically featuring 10-year-old girls. You could have said that. You didn't have to read the... And then also, like, you read the direct title of what he was searching for. Now, if someone was a pedophile and they were looking... For specific types of content, you just gave them the search title.
2: Yeah, the fine. Why
1: would you do that?
2: Why would you? This, by the way, this aired on network television because it had a rating. It's rated TV fourteen because the FCC doesn't require you to put a rating on things that are streaming only. That's why it's the wild wild west now on streaming, and you can thrust and fuck and do whatever you want to. But if it's on television, it still has to follow FCC rules. So this is rated TV 14, which I don't know how it's not TV MA.
1: You think it would be. They're talking about
2: severed fucking legs. Right. They don't cuss. They don't show any
0: blood. They're not showing any graphic violence, but they're talking about it. Mm -hmm. And like what's being overlooked here is really (laughs) how kind of like Layla Micklewaite kind of set the terms for this now. She did. <laughs> this is, it, it is now the uh, the, the Micklewaite model.
1: The Micklewaite uh, model. That's actually a good name for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which, yeah, and if folks don't know, Layla Micklewaite is one of the um, people who works in the anti-sex trafficking field. Um, well, you know. Uh, has been uh, very vocal about trying to end Pornhub. Like, her thing is she calls it Trafficking Hub. Um, and that's, I guess, her, I don't know, contribution to the culture. Um, but a lot of what she does in order to quote-unquote bring awareness, right, that's like the justification for it, is straight up posting videos of, um, people who are allegedly being raped or people who were maybe engaging and consensually making a video but did not consent to it being uploaded and some of those videos making it to Pornhub. And of course the immediate pushback and criticism is like, okay, so if someone was raped and it got filmed, why would you repost that? under the mm. guise of awareness, like, that's fucking foul, you know, mm. and that's, like, honestly, like, just only, like, two steps away from, from what Nancy Grace was doing, to be honest, by just straight mm-hmm. up saying the titles of um, what this, you know, what type of material he was looking at, because if he found the video, other people are gonna be able to find the video, you did not need to, like, mm-hmm. say the name of the video, You know, you didn't need to go into... You literally could have just said he was looking at, um, you know, trying to find sexually explicit content uh, featuring minors featuring children and, like, left it at that.
0: Okay, but now Jordan Peterson can search and make sure that it's no longer available.
1: (laughs) No, they'll just post it to Twitter because apparently that's okay to do to Twitter. What's that fucking guy's name on Twitter? You saw that, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah, What what the fuck is his name?
1: Um... There's, like, this, like, very well-known, I think it's Dom Luker on Twitter. He's, like, a very well-known, um, like, right-wing troll type person, like, and he actually posted this, that super, super disgusting, um, video, although I'm not even gonna say the name of it, but it's, like, very well, if you follow news of people who get arrested for having child sexual exploitation materials, you, you know the video I'm talking about. It features a child named Daisy that I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, she was very, very, very young in the video, um, actually, what's his name from, uh, Josh Duggar from the 27 kids and counting, however many fucking kids they have now, um, was caught with that particular video, um, he posted, like, a clip from that video on Twitter and got his account suspended, and then Elon personally responded and reinstated his account because he was just bringing awareness I feel like I'm not exaggerating when I say if I was a child who was sexually abused and someone kept reposting the video of me being abused, I would probably just kill myself. Yeah. Like, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Like, stop trying to make me relive, like, the worst fucking experience of my life as a minor. For clickbait and for fucking awareness. I am not your awareness campaign, okay?
2: Yeah, like, what the fuck is that?
1: Disgusting.
0: fucking hate that shit. Yeah, and when they keep posting it, that also just means that they have it. Yes, and which, why the fuck also, do you have it? And keep in mind, that I mean, like, planned obsolescence exists, right? And so that means they're making an effort to transfer that file over to new devices whenever they upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But, you know. <laughs> See, the real problem is that OnlyFans exists.
2: Uh <laughs> <sighs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, only fans the no like happens. I swear like only fans became like Facebook or Instagram almost mm-hmm. in a way because there were a it wasn't meant to be or it was never taken at the time it came out in 2017 is something that was serious. For us to be our sole moneymaker, but here it was. Mm -hmm. And you have people who are sensationalizing it as a platform itself, but like it's also its own little niche thing. And we have its own niche problems, but anti-traffickers, they see something like OnlyFans and they're like, this is where it all starts. Yep. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which is wild because... Well, you know, don't me don't let me go on and get another like sesta Foster rant and Backpage rant. But remember when they closed Backpage and they said that that was going to end stuff and people were just going to stop doing sex work and traffickers were just going to stop trafficking people. And now we have OnlyFans like, oh, my God, all the sex workers, all the traffickers, everyone's on OnlyFans. The thing that y'all said wasn't going to exist. Oh, OK. Here all it is. right, then. All right. Here we are. Here we are. The thing, The thing
2: is, I go to AVNs and they're not protesting outside. <laughs> you feel me I get it like they they could be there they could be like nothing's stopping them from also getting a booth inside in the trade show either
0: yeah, yeah and that's what happens right you take away things like only fans or you know you make it harder to do sex work in an area and all the sex workers are like ah Jesus well back to landscaping ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had a good hustle, folks. Uh, The game's over.
2: It's true. Honestly, they feel like what's going to happen is they're like, well, no more sex work. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'll go back to my biochemistry lab where
0: I came from. Exactly.
2: Exactly. It's like, what? (laughs) Where do you think
0: I'm going? Yeah, like, I I thought I had a way out of roofing. All right, back to bricklaying.
1: (laughs) I think the wildest thing about that argument for me is like how they'll pretend that um, almost everyone in the industry is trafficked. And it's like, okay, but so you took away where traffickers advertise, but according to you, they just, it's like the movie Taken, right? They just have a bunch of girls, Mm -hmm. like, locked up in a basement somewhere. Mm -hmm. What did they say? Just go the fuck back home to your parents' back pages down? Like, even in your weirdo trafficking fantasy that you're pretending is real, like, what happened to all these trafficking victims that are, you know, like, locked
2: up in basements somewhere? What? Yeah. Like, What? They act like they're busting down doors with their own personal SEAL team six to get all these people. They're like, Yes, we closed down Backpage and all of our people are in position. Like, what do you what are you doing? That shit is like, wild.
0: They are we just have to they caused film. Like,
2: I remember damn. the year after Sesta Fosta, the list, the D seventeen list mm-hmm. doubled. Because I remember printing yep. it the year before and printing it the next year. Yep. But just the new names, the new names were doubled mm-hmm. from the year before.
1: Yeah. And not only were the new names doubled, but there were more, um, even more names of people who had previously died um, just because, like, because there were so many more sex workers being killed as a result of that like there were police going back and looking back at old Mm -hmm. cases of like jane does and things like that so there were more um identities found too like across the board there was a fucking increase of names on the d17 list but Mm -hmm. you know sex is bad so it's okay i guess or something or whatever the fuck these fucking anti they
2: act like it, it's one of those things like people think they're so adjacent to billionaires. And it's like, no, you're more adjacent to us. You're more adjacent mm-hmm. to sex workers. You are. Cause it's like, I'm your fucking neighbor. Yep. I'm your fucking neighbor. So if somebody wants to hurt me, they want to, they might want to hurt you too. Mm hmm.
1: Which is which is so funny because I actually just made like a tweet about that. But um, this idea that um, because sex work exists, like that's like ramping up misogyny against women. And it's like so you're telling me if OnlyFans didn't exist, you would never get an unsolicited dick pic in your DMs. Really? Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. OnlyFans exists. That like you would never be cat called on the street. You would never be sexually harassed by your boss. Uh, no one would ever grope what? you on public transit.
2: Come My God, now. have they not seen the movie Nine to Five? Like it's been happening for a long time, forever, forever. forever. <laughs> it's wild. It's so wild to me. It's basically the plot of Nine to Five. Yeah, like... yes, it is.
1: <laughs> it really is. It really is. But you
2: know, they don't want to. They don't want to address that part. No, um... it's like we're we're living in a society where it's so patriarchal. That any woman, especially femme, any femme-presenting person or woman who gets in a position where they stand to make more money or have more power than men in it, you are always going to be looked down on. That's just going to be the case because they are so fucking threatened by that mm-hmm. because it means that they are they can't be on top yeah. if you can also be on top. That mm-hmm. doesn't work for them. They don't want to be on the same level, damn it.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely true. And it's just weird that they blame sex workers for that. Because, like, sex workers aren't the ones making men behave like this.
2: Mm-mm. <laughs> like, why are you angry at sex workers? Sex workers what? don't do anything to you. Part of our culture is screening in whether in whatever way, whether it's that conversation at the door, whether it's that convers at whichever door, the car door or the front door, you know, whether it's that conversation online. You know, our all of our culture is about screening people. So we want we don't want them to act up. That's Mm -hmm. the last thing. Seriously. Seriously. We're literally trying to mitigate that as much as possible by whatever manner of screening that we're doing. You know, and people think that we are the reason why men are out here beating their wives. They're like, oh, because you might open up your legs for somebody, then, you know, for money means that that you're attributing to the culture where I'm getting my ass beat, where it's like, no, I'm not that person who's beating your asses, but I'm not. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, but why would you think that way when you could just blame another woman most likely yeah. and blame a sex worker, right? Um, yeah. you know, or f- blame a black person, like whatever. Blame a blame a queer person, a trans person. Like blame someone lower than you on the social ladder in, in terms of privilege. Just, <laughs> it's fine. It's their fault somehow. Just yeah, you know, they've done it. It's their fault. <laughs> it's, it's their, them, fault. Damn it. it's their <laughs> fault. Um But, um, it's also funny that you say that, because, uh, sorry, getting back to the Nancy Grace thing, looking at the rest of my notes, um, as you were saying that, it was making me think of, uh, Nancy Grace, because she got mad because this dude won't give his DNA, like, they have to get a court order to (laughs) give the DNA, and she was, like, so offended about it, and she's like, well, if someone accused me of doing a thing, I would give
2: my DNA. I was like, well, you're stupid, is what that is. (laughs) I was like, the last time you were accused of something was 1979. (laughs) it was for your fiance's murder and you were cleared and that was in 1979 so like the piousness -hmm. bring it down
1: yeah because there is the
2: whole like well if you didn't do anything you have nothing to worry about like do you know how many wrongfully convicted people there are in prison that was (laughs) my first thought i was (laughs) like i think he fucking did it yeah we don't have to worry about that shit but like her like, her logic didn't make sense. I was like, bitch, you're, but, shut up.
1: <laughs> I think what was funny about her logic on that, though, was her whole, like, if you didn't do anything wrong, you have nothing to fear by giving your DNA. But then five minutes later, she said, there are no coincidences in criminal law. Like, do you understand how terrifying that is? As a, like, the, the mental, yeah. um,. Like, her mental train of thought on that is fucking terrifying. So you should give your DNA if you didn't do it, but if your DNA is found at the scene of a crime, you can still be found guilty of that crime even if you didn't do it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, because that's happened before, right? Like, we've had situations Mm -hmm. where someone has been assaulted in a crowd- but if you're in the crowd, even if it wasn't you, you're still a suspect, right? But there are no coincidences, but give them your DNA. But there are no coincidences. So if your DNA is there, you're the perpetrator. But give them your <laughs> DNA if you didn't do it. I, no, don't. No. Don't give them. Please don't give police your DNA. Like, no, don't <laughs> please just like don't.
2: do it. Don't just like do it. Like, first of all, we know this motherfucker did it. They locked up, like, they know he did it so hard they were able to lock him up without DMA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he sucks. He's for going real. to fucking prison. He's going to big prison. And if they get him for child sexual crimes, mm-hmm. um, he's going to go to the side of prison where he's not going to last very long. So that part, if <laughs> you're talking about somebody who has a big-ass ego, they want him to be some kind of prolific killer serial killer but that's just a fucking man yeah
1: i think um with that too like i'm curious are they gonna charge him with the child um sexual
2: materials i would i, I, mean, would I think the da would try to do that too i would, I would think hope so. and My are they shit. going to charge him with a hate crime you may i that would be i think they could, there's only one asian victim and he specifically looked up asian yeah i don't know I mean, I
1: feel like they would have a case to make. Like, I I feel Mm -hmm. like it's solid considering everything else, but
2: I don't know if they will. I mean, bucket. Yeah. Put them under the jail. Put them under the prison. I support that wholeheartedly. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know there there are more bodies. There's no way that this is just it because one, it just, it just doesn't feel like this is it. It feels like there's more. Mm Mm-hmm feel like this is tip of the iceberg because this shit is still new and that they're going to keep finding things because it's going to all depend on how, how the first part of this trial goes. Mm -hmm. And as long as this shit is locked tight and they don't fuck up, he's going to prison. But if we get into an OJ Simpson situation, then what, like what do we do if that happens again? You know, in that kind of, You know, by like that small biocasm in time where Rodney King and, you know, and the LAPD and then you're having OJ Simpson right afterwards, that biocasm of time allowed and, you know, all the other bullshit happened in between because the LAPD fucked around and tampered with shit because they knew he did it and they wanted to make sure he went to jail. But instead of just letting the shit speak for itself, they fucked around and they got shit thrown out that could have just sent him to prison immediately. hmm
1: Yeah, I think but that's what, something that really concerns me with this whole thing, like, is I feel like there's definitely more victims, but I don't know that we're ever going to find them because even, like, right now he's only being charged with killings that happened between, like, 2007 and, like, 2011, right? hmm But they were finding bodies in, like, 1996 hmm. And no one cared. And like, I'm just worried um, because I know, like we mentioned one of the victims, um, her she, she was basically in pieces, um, but mm-hmm. her legs were found like quite a distance from her body. But like that mm-hmm. concerns me to be like how much um, evidence has been erased just because it was sitting on a beach for so long and nobody cared. Yeah. Like, how many bodies are we not going to be able to find because no one cared about this in, like, 1996, 1997, 1998? And we didn't care until 2023. And now, like, we only have victims back to 2007, even though there's, you know, victims going back mm-hmm. way further than that. Like, I'm really, um, like, yeah, I fully believe uh, there's yeah. more victims, but I'm also, like, very concerned that we're never going to know.
2: Because I honestly just- feel like there's... There's so much more that we won't know, but there's, I also feel like this is something that we're going to find out a lot of things because you're talking about pre like surveillance style internet, pre surveillance Mm -hmm. style internet, I think is probably the best way to say this. So, uh, early 2000, you know, like 2003 to 2005 ish, you know, anything before the year 2000, honestly, anything before September 11th, anything before 2001. Yeah. There we go. Um, Pre-Patriot Act. There are there's so much things that people could have done, like burying bodies in woods. And like if you come out to places like Texas, you'll just be driving to the grocery store and you might encounter like a couple miles of woods mm-hmm. that go back very far. Yeah. And it's not like they're being watched or they're fenced necessarily it's not you know there's constantly cars down that road but no cameras like it's not there are things i remember seeing because like living in texas you know them pulling bodies out of the gulf or pulling bodies out of banks Mm -hmm. out of the riverbanks yep or out of the the um the ditches that people just didn't pay attention to because they weren't, nobody went out that way. Nobody was looking out that way. Nobody was looking for this person out that way. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a giant Metroplex. Yeah. I just feel like in the next 15 to 20 years, we're going to find even more fucking bodies. And I know that's a grim thing to think about, but there was so little surveillance, especially in the fifties and sixties too. Yep. But there are just bones out there people that have been murdered that we don't know about because right now we're looking at this guy all of his victims are white because that's the thing they're trying to do Mm -hmm. they're trying to make him into this like these are his they're trying to what is the word criminal minds they're trying to do that profile on him yeah they're trying to give him a profile and the victim that's an asian person doesn't fit the profile Mm -hmm. so they don't they barely talk about him and I bet that's why they're like, do you think there's another killer? Probably. I bet.
1: Probably. I could see that. And Wasteful. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be fucking wild, I think. This is uh, going to be
2: a circus. It's yes. going to be a circus.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Everyone's yeah. going to have hot takes about sex work. Everyone's going to have hot takes about sex work and what, like the dangers of Etc, etc. And it's like, unless you've lived this life, you have no idea what it feels like, or what that anxiety feels like, right before you meet a client. Like, it's it's not something I can, I can can describe, honestly. But like, it doesn't really kind of go away. Like, it doesn't impede work, but it doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. So trying to explain to people, it's like telling that, like, you're gonna tell somebody go quit your job. And they don't have another job or profession or thing they've invested money in for the last upteenth years because that's what you're saying. You're saying close your small business that you've invested in for the last decade because I personally now have realized it's too dangerous. And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm kind of afraid of. There's going to be a lot of that rhetoric that people are like, oh, wow, I didn't realize people could get murdered. Mm hmm
0: you know and and then like uh like talking about the wrong thing focusing on the wrong thing um it's similar to like when you see these uh propaganda pieces out that come out like you know films that are out right now Mm -hmm. that are like propaganda about uh, uh trafficking and uh and it puts in the minds of like these sort of pedestrian viewers these pedestrian citizens on these issues and um and then they get the idea in their head of like a bunch of blonde four-year-old children, and then they see like the actual victims in real life, and you're gonna see like nineteen-year-olds that got away, mm-hmm. and they're and they're not blonde; they're very uh, you know black indigenous F- folks that folks that is colored, and mm-hmm. their hair disrespects gravity, and you're gonna be like, what? No, <laughs> and. Yeah, those audiences are mm-hmm. going to be less sympathetic to the actual victims.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really big, a very valid point that a lot of people have pointed about, like Sound of Freedom and stuff like that. As they claim it's bringing awareness, but it's so unrealistic that it's actually, um, well, I say the CSI effect, right? Like, mm-hmm. so how... You're looking at me confused.
0: <laughs> oh, no, that's a, a television program. Yes. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm down yes. with the pop culture.
1: Um, it is a television program. <laughs> like, one of those, like, um, you know, like, forensic procedural shows. And, like, Law & Order has the same problem, but is that people don't only view them as, like, TV shows. People assume that... Um, they're based on uh, real life events or how these sort of things work in real life. And so like that was actually a really big problem um, that prosecutors were actually complaining about with like things like CSI is that they would have someone on trial, and the prosecutors were having difficulty winning cases because the jury would be like, well, according to CSI, you could have run this type of DNA test or that type of fingerprint <laughs> test. Or, you know, like, they think they're fucking, like, experts in forensics now because, like, they watch, oh, like, Jesus CSI Christ. or, like, NCI yes, whatever. NCIS. Yes, and shit <laughs> like that. And, like, it, you know, and I feel like that's where we're going to end up with trafficking. And if you look at, like, where the trafficking... um panics already are right how many fucking tiktok videos um oh, someone target. tried to traffic me at the mall because they put a flyer on my windshield someone tried to traffic me at target because it's they have target. The, the thingy remember did you see the one where the person was saying like the um like the bras and underwear that have like the sensor thingy so you can't leave the store with it like that mm-hmm. was a trafficking chip did you see that no. So yeah, someone but was I saying that. So like, it. yeah, they're tra- like traffickers are trying to target you um, outside of like <laughs> big box stores where you buy bras. <laughs> like,
0: no, that that's so the loss and prevention staff can traffic you into that stupid little office. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, you know, funny enough, in the last like uh, I would say uh, six to seven years, Law Order SVU apparently got right with somebody's somebody's jesus i don't know not mine but they got right with somebody and either fired all the writers or educated all the writers or something because they started using the proper nomenclature they don't say hooker anymore at all ever they only say sex worker sometimes they use the word survival sex work oh, wow. even <laughs> yeah i remember hearing it and i was just like working because i got a because they use a lot of rip-from-the-headline stuff, and I want to make sure I know where I'm at, because this is what the public believes is true. Exactly. Most okay. of the time. And, yeah, this is what they believe is true on Law & Order SVU. Plus, Marishka Hargitay is foin. Yeah. Um,
0: okay, flowing. I didn't know that, because like, I'm I'm actually not down with the pop culture at all. Uh, but, like, <laughs> when, when I am, um, sometimes I watch these uh, content creators that talk about films and things like that, and you know these are very pedestrian folks like you know folks Mm -hmm. that you hear them talking you're just like oh you don't know what problems are your life seems awesome and you're on youtube now and (laughs) i hear them use the language sex worker and i'm like where are they getting this because like these are very pedestrian people but now you're Mm -hmm. pointing out how like through these programs it's getting into Mm -hmm. the larger culture so that actually gives me some context
2: Yes, they, they are in the last seven, this is about seven years ago, they started using this language. Mm-hmm. So now when they talk about trafficking, if it involves, uh, there's a couple episodes specifically with that feature, a sex worker as the victim. Um, there's a couple storylines where they talk to somebody from, that used to be in Vice, and then they came on to them. Mm-hmm. And so they know a couple people who work down at the pier, but they don't arrest anybody. And then they started a new law and order and it's organized crime. Oh no. So they just do Rico's, but they, the first season is them going after a cop gang. That's like a secret cop gang. And he goes undercover to take down the cop gang. Who's doing like out here doing mess, like acting up. And he shuts it down. Like a Elliot Stabler show. It's Dick
1: Wolf still alive.
2: Bitch, he's out here getting checks.
1: Because, like, that's wild to me. Because I, I think my big thing with Law & Order, the reason I can't get into it, is because I know it was intentionally started as pro-prosecutor propaganda. And, like, I just... No.
2: Well, now the... Well, the executive producer on Organized Crime is Eileen Shecklin. If, and she's also the lead writer. She's also the the creator and lead writer of The L Word. It's, you're familiar with that show. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, so it's not... It's not quite, uh, they kind of, they pivoted. They realized what was happening mm-hmm. and they didn't want to be blue bloods. <laughs> That's funny.
1: Um, <laughs> I have to say, although last thing I want to say about the Nancy Grace, cause you just reminded me of it as we're talking about, um, police and how police treat sex workers. Um, how come not, I feel like no one is talking about the fact that police are getting tips from incarcerated sex workers. <laughs>
2: How fucking They talked 100. Da- How
1: fucking dare you go to incarcerated sex workers and demand they help you with your investigation? Let them out, goddammit. Let them out.
2: Did you pay them what you paid these people for an appearance fee? Seriously, out on their books?
1: Seriously. And I can't even imagine what type of like coercive tactics are being applied um to cuz like they said that on the Nancy Grace thing that they were talking to incarcerated sex workers and formerly incarcerated sex workers. I cannot imagine how huh. coercive that shit is.
2: Oh, I'm sure it's people on papers. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So they could make them do it. Mm-hmm. Cuz they could just get their POs to do it and comply. I'm sure it's the same prison.
1: Yeah. Like I feel like we need to talk about that more too because that I It's very hard for me to imagine that's being done in any sort of, like, ethical way at all. Like, I know Mm -mm. it's all nice that the cops were saying sex workers on the show and stuff like that, but I also know that behind closed doors they still say NHI, so, you know, I I can't imagine... Uh, Oh, right, and of course, for folks, if you don't know, NHI means no human involved. That's how police talk about cases where sex workers are the victims, because they don't think sex workers are real people. Mm. Um, But yeah, so, like, I'm very frustrated that... Incarcerated sex workers are sort of being expected to like do the labor of this right now. Like and they're not being praised, they're not being celebrated, they're not getting time off their sentences, they're not being recognized, they're not being paid for their efforts. It's just just another inmate with some information. And I fucking hate that.
2: Yeah, like what do you do what did you do for them afterwards? Did you offer them aftercare? Did you put money on their books? Mm-hmm. Did you put in a good word with their PO? Did you like Put in the good word at their group home or their housing. Did you get them an upgrade somewhere? Did you get them something they're missing? Like, what did y'all do for them? Who were doing these fucking interviews anyway?
1: Yeah, I just, I just have so many doubts about that. It makes me so uncomfortable, like so Cause, uncomfortable. Because
2: I know it wasn't done with any compassionate care.
1: I can't imagine it was.
2: No I way. Can't. No and fucking also, way. Like,
1: and I think also even um, if, and that's a very big if police and investigators had really good intentions right now when talking to these sex workers you're still gonna come off like an asshole because again these killings have been going on since the 1990s it's 2023 Mm -hmm. like yeah hi we knew that you and your friends and your co-workers and your neighborhood were all in danger for like decades and we're just doing something now can you like help us out and give us some details like I know we said fuck you for like thirty years, but now <laughs> this week, can you help us out? Because we need the media coverage. Like we need a good headline. Like I can't.
2: Like like, uh, like we changed our minds. Like please help minds. us.
1: We care now. <laughs> it's not 1996 like, anymore.
2: To, like this, like that shit is silly to me. I just, I know I. Know that they traumatize these people to try to get these interviews and before this deadline so they could release this special. Because mm-hmm. this thing is the producer for it, the writers for it, it's sloppy, it's not well put together, the backgrounds and everything are so generic.